On this episode of Neuromod Nerds, we explore how neuromodulation is being utilized to improve quality of life in children diagnosed with cerebral palsy. Welcome back to Neuromod Nerds. My name is Matt Castadero, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you've listened to the podcast previously, you will know that neuromodulation has the ability to treat patients with varying debilitating diagnoses, whether it be spinal cord injury, epilepsy, etc. I plan on continuing to cover more ways neuromodulation can greatly benefit society by bringing to light and understanding these technologies more in depth. And while my content will continue to diversify as I understand the wants of my audience, I've really enjoyed these deep dive segments where I focus solely on how single or multiple neuromodulation therapies can help positively impact a patient's individual disease state. Now on to today's topic. A pilot study combining non-invasive spinal neuromodulation and activity-based neurorehabilitation therapy in children with cerebral palsy has recently been published in the Journal of American Medical Association. A few things we will unpack here. First off, yes, I understand it is a pilot study, and there are several limitations that I will mention later in the episode that are associated with pilot studies. Secondly, we need to contextualize the findings in this trial by first understanding the epidemiology of cerebral palsy and how medtech startup Spinex has utilized existing neuromodulation technology to treat it. According to the Mayo Clinic, cerebral palsy is defined as a group of disorders that affect movement and muscle tone or posture. It is caused by damage that occurs to the immature, developing brain, most often before birth. Cerebral palsy is identified at a young age, usually during infancy or preschool. It is estimated that about 1 in 345 children in the United States alone have been diagnosed with cerebral palsy, making it the most commonly diagnosed childhood motor disability. The word cerebral is a reference to the brain cerebrum, which is the part of the brain that dictates motor function. Palsy describes the paralysis of voluntary movement in certain parts of the body. Currently, the standard of care treatment for cerebral palsy includes some combination of activity-based neurorehabilitation therapy, physical exercise, injections such as botulinum toxin A, and muscle-relaxing medications such as baclofen. Now, before I take a deep dive of the technology and the study in question, I want anyone who is listening to this podcast to pause the episode and type in SCIP by SpineX into YouTube. It is so incredibly important to contextualize the results of this trial by visualizing the impact that this device can have in a children's quality of life. And this disease state gives us such a unique opportunity to physically see this improvement. Spinex is a startup medical device company based out of Los Angeles, California. Its Spinal Cord Innovation in Pediatrics Device, or SCIP for short, is a non-invasive transcutaneous neuromodulation therapy that targets specific areas of the spinal cord via distinct and proprietary waveforms. Now it's worth mentioning that Spinex is another device, the Spinal Cord Neuromodulator, or SCONE for short, that is designed to non-invasively treat neurogenic bladder due to stroke, spinal cord injury, and or multiple sclerosis. These devices have both received breakthrough device designation by the FDA. Now onto the trial. 
16 patients with cerebral palsy were treated with the experimental stimulation therapy in conjunction with activity-based neurorehabilitation therapy. The primary outcome of this trial was the overall improvement in gross motor function measure, or GMFM88, which is considered the gold standard to quantitatively measuring involuntary sensory motor function. The individual GMFM88 score is a calculated total of various physical assessments, each rated from zero, if unable to complete, to three, if completed without issue. Each patient was grouped into their own gross motor function classification system, or GMFCS, which is a five-level classification, with one being the least severe and five being the most severe in terms of physical limitations. All children in this eight-week study demonstrated a statistically significant improvement in their GMFM88 scores, and clinical improvement was seen in patients across all GMFCS levels. The reason for said increase in these scores were caused by spontaneous emergence of new sensory motor skills, as well as improvements to already understood physical movements. The study mentions that nine subjects were deemed non-ambulatory before the trial, and that only four were deemed non-ambulatory at eight weeks. Enhanced neuroplasticity and activity was also noted by the study authors, as patients began voluntarily practicing newly learned motor skills in the absence of neuromodulation. While these results are nothing short of groundbreaking, it is important to note the study's limitations and future improvements. Pilot studies in general are incredibly laser-focused on proof of concept and not as focused on study complexity and integrity. For example, the study was unblinded, single arm, eight weeks long, and only had 16 enrolled patients. Again, these limitations are a necessary evil when conducting such preliminary research, and the authors note that while the trial should be viewed as success, much more work is needed to be done on the topic to reiterate its validity. In conclusion, I'm incredibly excited about this technology, and I'm excited to see what it has in store for the future. I want to thank everyone again for listening to this episode of Neuromod Nerds. I have my email in the description in case you have any questions on the discussed topic, or if you'd like to be on the show yourself. Until next time, talk soon, and take care.